Rich and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And a happy Saturday to all of you out there listening today. This is Arizona Sports Saturday, your weekend stop for live and local sports talk. We are Mitch and Steve. I'm Mitch. He, Steve. Hello. Hopefully that's not too confusing if you're listening for the first time. Seems pretty simple to me. Trevor Henry, behind the glass, keeps his company every Saturday for two hours here in the Auction Community Studios, 11 to 1. And Steve, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is either third in a row, fourth in a row, third out of four, that we have NFL football on a Saturday show. I do love Saturday football in the NFL. Mostly because it just adds an extra day. I can watch a game on Saturday if I want. I can watch one on Sunday if I want. Do we have a Monday night game? We do have a Monday night so game. So we got three days of playoffs. We've got today, tomorrow, and Monday. They call it Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know about that. You know what's funny, though? Why, why do we got to put Super on You everything? know what's weird is every time I see, like, Super capitalized. Do you remember when Dan Aykroyd was on uh, Saturday Night Live? I, I don't remember it. Well, like, I wasn't there for it. Sure, okay. <laughs> Neither was I. Like, don't I know that it to, happened. Don't I don't remember me to have it. also been there. There's a sketch that he did. It was an infomercial, and it was called the Super Basomatic 76. Oh, of course. Yes. You know that one? Yeah, or you just No, no, no. I'm okay. familiar. I actually do remember that. <laughs> Again, not there for it. I remember it. I know of it. So every time I hear Super, I just think in the back of my mind, Dan Aykroyd saying, the Super Basomatic 76. The Super Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> It's super. Whatever happened to Dan Aykroyd? He's um, still around. He just—I never see him in anything. He's bit parts here and there. He doesn't really have a full lead role anymore until they make the Spies Like Us uh, remake. Lots of uh, weekend football to talk about. We're going to talk about the Cardinals and the coaching search today. There—we know of at least four candidates for head coach. Yes. Um, so we'll dive into the the positives and you know some of the pros and cons of each one. I'll tell you why uh, one of them might not be the one that you should go for. Ooh, good tease. We'll get I into like that, that a little bit later. We got to start with the Suns, though, uh, not because of the game that they played last night, but rather something that came out earlier in the day on Friday. Chris Ains, who works for Yahoo, works for Bleacher Report, works for TNT. He's, works for everybody. He's all over the place as far as the NBA is concerned. Title of this story that he had yesterday... Jay Crowder, quote, confused and hurt, quote, by situation in Phoenix. Okay, I am also confused. (laughs) I'm not really hurt, but I'm kind of confused. The team is hurting. Here is the quote directly from Jay Crowder that he told to Chris Haynes. Okay, I'm ready. Quote, I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team, and they have all stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision. And I'm thankful for their understanding. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me, but my teammates, as you can see from speaking to them and myself and the conversations we've had behind closed doors. Jumping ahead, I'm confused and hurt. My coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences. Close quote. So he's kind of suggesting there that I'm not sitting out. The Suns don't want me. Is that how is that how I'm supposed to That's hear? That's how it? I'm interpreting it. So, because on the first read through, I'll tell you about the second read through in a sec. Because admittedly, I I've said many times on this show that I don't really want to spend too much time talking about Jay Crowder because he doesn't want to be here. Now, listen, that might not be the case. I guess according to what he's saying there, it Apparently. sounds like it sounds like he's saying the coaching staff came to me and said your services are no longer required. We're not going to play you, which doesn't make sense to me because he's still under contract. 
Like if they didn't want him around, they you would just trade the guy. There's there's something being spun here that's leaving the Suns point of view or perspective out of this. Well, that's the thing is we need clarity from the Suns perspective. But we haven't gotten You're it. Never all gonna year. get it. Never gonna get it. All we've gotten is we're close or we're trying or Jay's been a real pro. I because think it's a little ridiculous James Jones hasn't said anything. At the same Clarity time, wise. At the same time, what else are the Suns supposed to say? You're supposed to come out and you're supposed to make be as transparent as you can be about this. We told Jay Crowder X, Y, and Z. I'm just making up the scenario, but maybe it's we told Jay Crowder, you're not going to be a starter anymore. Cam Johnson's going to be the starter. You're going to come off the bench. Because that that's the most uh, simple explanation that I can think of that ticked off Jay Crowder. Even though he, what he hears there is, uh, I, they don't want me anymore. Maybe they wanted him just in a different role, and he took offense to that. That's what I believe. That's also, what a lot of us believe. Quick reminder, Jay Crowder is not LeBron James. He's not your best player. He wasn't your second best player. He probably wasn't even in your top four on those playoff teams. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. I would say Mikel Bridges is probably better than him by now. So... Uh, if you're Jay Crowder, I, I don't know what ground you have to stand on in this scenario. Here's where I worry. Because you want the Suns to provide some clarity. We'll, we'll call it candid clarity. I would like that. I would like that, too. The problem is, is if you do it immediately following a, what Jay Crowder has just released to the media, then it looks like you're just trying to dis- defend your honor, stand your ground, et cetera, et cetera. But you're only doing it as a response to what Jay Crowder put out there. You're not doing it as this is us standing our ground because we believe in these statements and we're not vehemently responding to what our player had to say. Because then it just kind of looks like, oh, no, the Suns are just trying to, hey, it wasn't me. It wasn't him. It was us. Blah, blah, blah. Rather than if you just take care of that from the get go, instead of being so vague about it. Granted, I think people are still citing the Suns in this Jay Crowder versus Suns saga, but you would have more people on your side if you had been very, very, very clear about this from the get-go and not on the second go-around of Crowder speaking through the media. Additionally, I don't like to tell people how to do their jobs, but Chris Haynes, an easy follow-up question would have been, hey, can you give us some clarity on what the Suns actually told you? Did they bench you? Did they tell you they didn't want you to be a part of the team anymore? Did they tell you they were going to try to trade you? What is it that actually ticked you off and led to you not playing? Easy follow-up. Doesn't look like that was asked. Um, There's actually two things at play in this, right? The second time that I read through it. And maybe we can go and do that here in a second. But there's two things at play. There's the relationship between Jay and the Suns and what he calls the coaching staff, but I, I assume also includes the front office. He's talking about the whole organization. And then there's the relationship he mentions between him and the players. Because this this starts with him talking about the players. Can you do a second read-through for us? Of Crowder's quote? Yeah. Okay. I have spoken with every player that I've played with on that team, and they all have stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision, and I'm thankful for their understanding. Stop there. Stopping. That is all about him and the players, right? Correct. Can I draw an analogy? Sure. Did you ever have a buddy in high school? No. That got... Okay. I'm kidding. That's that's a really sad place to stop. Okay. Did you ever have a buddy in high school who got broken up with by his girlfriend, right? And he comes to you and and the the guys, you and the group, right? The bros. 
and says, can you believe this? She broke up with me. And you all say what? You're like, oh, man, dude, you're so, you're I'm way sorry, better bro. off without her, man. Yeah. <laughs> she stinks, man. Like, you're, dude, you can do she so doesn't much know better. what she's talking about. And then when he walks away, you all look at each other and you go, he's not a very good boyfriend. No. Let's be honest. Like, you would never say it to his face, right? But as a group, collectively, you're like, I, I kind of get it. Well, so here's I kind of get why they broke up. Here's the thing. There's one person that is backing up Crowder publicly, at least in this story. Okay. Mikkel Bridges. Quote, that's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. That's my guy. It's the NBA. It happens. I know he wants to be here, but it's the league. That's just how it is sometimes. This is my fifth year in the league, and I understand how it could be. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. We'll love to have him here, but we get it. Close quote. See, to go back to the analogy, I think a lot of these guys see it both ways. You know, when you're talking to Jay, when you're talking to your buddy and your friend, right, and your teammate of all these years, the last couple of seasons, you've had a lot of success with him. Of course, in conversation, you're going to be like, dude, we support you. You got to do what's best for you. Of course you do. You got to do what's best for your family. You got to do what's best for your situation. But then they probably also see it the other way, too. Like, man, we really need Jay right now. We're down to Dwayne Washington Jr. as our starting say, point guard. We're down to a couple of wings playing. Like, Josh Kogi probably shouldn't be playing. I wonder no if offense Mi- to Josh Kogi. I wonder if Mikhail's quote, to your point, is more in the vein of, oh, we are now without Devin Booker, Chris Paul, campaign, Landry Shamet, and Cam Johnson. Yeah, it's, it's and a whole at, list. And at times, DeAndre Ayton. We've signed our first 10-day contract guy of the season, and we still only have nine guys available to play games. We need Jay Crowder to play basketball. Here's one more thing. This is the, this is the important part of the second read-through. We haven't okay. touched yet. And it, by far, it is the biggest loophole in this entire story from Crowder. I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team. They have yep. all stressed how much they missed me and respect my decision. I'm going to jump ahead. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me, but my teammates... Pushing ahead. I'm confused and hurt. My coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and the organization. Okay, okay. Did you notice it? They've all stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit. So were you pushed out the door or was it your decision? Or you're leaving. Which one is it, Jay? That's a good point. Context clues. Mitch read this thing. I read this like three times. I'm going to give credit to a few and far between, but I'm going to give credit to Gambo on this one for sleuthing this one out yesterday. No, it's a great point. I mean, you either got pushed out or you made a decision to not play. It cannot be both. I don't know which one it is. Now, did he feel he was being pushed out when in reality, like like I said earlier, did they tell you you were benched and you took it as they don't like me anymore? And then as a result, you made the decision to not come back. Right. Now, if it's in that context, sure, whatever. But we're left with a text message yeah. that basically says they respect my decision and they pushed me out. So, so which one is it? Here's what I want. Here's the resolution that I want to this entire Jay Crowder narrative. And it, I'm not even talking about the possibility of trading him. That is still a possibility, by the way. What I want is I want Jay Crowder to do an actual interview with somebody publicly on the radio. That is not named Chris Haynes? That is not. Well, no offense to Chris Haynes, but there's an easy follow-up there that he didn't ask. Or if he did, it didn't get printed. What did the Suns actually tell you that ticked you off and caused you to not want to play for this team? So I want Jay Crowder to do that. But then also, I want the Suns, probably James Jones, because Monty Williams already spoke on this, and it's the quote is basically, we're moving on. 
I mean, like he didn't say much and he it's doesn't enough, have to. It's a nothing. He, he doesn't have to. It's the typical coach speak of, you know, we're going to deal with the guys that are here in the exactly. building. I want James Jones to actually answer questions about this and explain to us what was said to Jay Crowder and why did he take it the way that he did? Did they not want him to be a part of this team anymore? Because they sure could use him right now. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals are deep into their GM and head coaching search. And there's one name that has captured a lot of attention here in the Valley this past week. You know who it is. We'll talk about him next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Going into this, I would have said, I don't know if Sean Payton would go to the Cardinals. Now, I think it's pretty legit. Like, Really? Yeah. Like, both them and the Texans have kind of undercover pretty good opportunities because Kyler is different. But Sean Payton's different, too, and maybe that works. And he is a great coach and will no doubt give some accountability to Kyler Murray and make sure of it. Um, They're not going to need a clause in the contract, etc. Sean will make sure of it. Starting to get that feeling Sean Payton to the Cardinals is more than just a rumor. It feels about as real as Kevin Durant coming to the Suns, doesn't it? I tweeted the other day something to the effect of uh, nobody attaches themselves to a potential big acquisition like Arizona sports fans do. Sean Payton, <sighs> yeah. Kevin Durant. Remember the LaMarcus Aldridge thing? Peyton Manning all those years ago when he was a free agent? Uh, that one was a little less likely, wasn't he, it? He was seen at the facility with Michael Bidwell. Yeah, I guess that's true. That was big. Yeah. We we will love, dude, we love in the Valley to attach ourselves to a big potential acquisition. Well, I feel like, you know, the Suns kind of set that precedent, right? We got Steve Nash. Even when they got Shaq, I thought that that was still a significant trade at the time, right? Oh, well, I mean, go b- before that, Charles Barkley in the 90s. Yeah. Randy Johnson in the 2000s. Like getting these big name guys is something that this very, uh, outside of the Suns, this very young sports market is kind of used to. So to get shut out, it just feels, it feels like pain. So honestly, here's the absolute latest, right? We know of four head coaching candidates uh, that are in the interview process with the Cardinals. Now, I, I, there's different dates that they can interview on depending on who, what team they're coming from. Or, yes. Or Sean Payton's case is certainly different. He's coming from Fox. Uh, but Sean Payton has the chance to interview with the Arizona Cardinals. We know that he's done a lot of background research on the Cardinals over the last year plus. Um, so he's obviously the big name out there. One-time Super Bowl champion. That was back in 2010, if I remember right. Uh, so 13 years ago, take that for what it's worth. A while ago. Uh, he was coach of the year in 2006. That's even longer ago. That's like 16, 17 years ago. Uh, he had 10 wins in nine different seasons out of 15 in New Orleans. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Here's the thing, though. He won the division seven times. That's about half the time he was in New Orleans. He won the division. Pretty good. He only went to the Super Bowl that one time, though, in 15 years. Well, the Saints have also had is that their, disappointing. The Saints have also had their fair run of just like the worst playoff luck. Beastquake against a Seahawks team that was under five hundred. Is that bad luck or bad tackling? It could be both. <laughs> I mean, um, there was a great play by Marshawn Lynch. No there was the no call pi against the Rams. Yeah, there was the Minneapolis miracle where they were so hardcore about pass interference that the dude literally had to avoid touching a man. Okay. And it cost him the game. I'll change the equation a little bit. I said one time he went to the Super Bowl in 15 years. He went to the... 
conference championship game three times, I believe, in 15 years. Well, some of those games happened before the conference championship, Steve. I'm, well, I'm, that's all I'm saying is. I mean, the most recent one. We're is talking that, about production. That most recent one is the one against the Rams, where the the no call pi basically screwed them over and invented a whole new rule. Okay, let's get into some other candidates. Brian Flores is one that's having an opportunity to interview. He's the former head coach of the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also currently a part of a major lawsuit against the NFL for racism. Yeah, interesting. Uh, which part of that lawsuit is Steve Wilkes suing the Cardinals. That's so the interesting part. Brian Flores is not directly suing the Cardinals, I guess. Uh, but you're he about doesn't to, have beef with them, but Steve Wilkes does. You're about to sit down with the owner who had a big ply, a big re, a big part of firing Steve Wilkes after one season. Hey, you guys were racist against my friend Steve, but also, can, can I, I have, have a your job? job? <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little weird. That's all I'm saying. Uh, if you want to talk about Super Bowls, Brian Flores is coached in five, by my estimation, with the Patriots. He had two others as an executive. He was a scout before that. Mm-hmm. Four-time Super Bowl champion in his roles with the Patriots. But I know what you're thinking. Oh, Steve, those are Bill Belichick and Tom Brady Super Bowls. Brian Flores wasn't the head coach. Yeah, no, those totally defenses right. were Awesome. They're really good defenses. Top 10 defense in 13 out of the 15 years he was in that organization. It's pretty good. He wasn't the D.C., though. He was linebacker's coach and some other types of coaches. Pretty sure Mike Rabel was a D.C. there at one point. Let's talk about another one. D'Amico Ryans. Coached in one Super Bowl in 2019. Coached in two conference championship games in his six seasons in San Francisco. Top 10 defense in both seasons that he was defensive coordinator. Also, just talk about a dude that screams energy to me. Totally. I felt the same way when Robert Sala was getting those head coaching opportunities before he eventually left San Francisco and became the head coach of the Jets. It feels very similar right now with D'Amico Ryans, where you just, you if you watch Niners games, and Cardinals fans get to watch them twice a year, you just watch Niners games, and when they have big defensive plays, he's like, He's like pumping his fist. He's flexing. He's screaming. He's saying, "Let's go!" You could. He just feels like a spark plug and a dude that knows how to lead men. And that I think gets overlooked the most when looking for a head coach. Is can that dude lead fifty three men? I feel like that's the most important asset the Cardinals should be looking at this offseason. The last candidate is in house defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. He's been the head coach in Denver. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. He's been coordinator in a couple of places, Miami of note, and was he coordinator in Minnesota? I feel it was like Cincy, okay. or Cincy. He was like a cornerbacks coach or something like that. Yeah. See, for some reason, I thought it was Minnesota. He was a coordinator, but whatever. He's never. I looked this up. Never had a top ten defense in any of his years as head coach or defensive coordinator. Not in his four years in Arizona. Not in Denver. Not in Miami. He's never had a top ten defense. I'm not saying he's the wrong candidate. I'm just saying if you're going by production and how good was the offense or defense when they coached him, Vance Joseph doesn't have the greatest statistical track yeah, like record. how good was their area of expertise when they were in charge? And no disrespect to Vance Joseph, but it has been, can I use the term flashy? Well, I think- How many times this year have we talked about, oh, that Cardinals defense, they look great. And then the in the wins, it's like- they gave up 30-ish points to to New Orleans. I want to give Vance Joseph some credit. Not only is he a highly respected coach in this league and coordinator, despite what I just said about him statistically, I think that this Cardinals defense did a lot more with a lot less this year. For instance, if you're dead last in spending on defense, mm-hmm. 
and you're still a top, I don't know, 20, 25 team in the league, you're performing above the standard that is set by your spending. Right. And I felt the opposite about the Cardinals' offense. They spent a lot and did nothing. I mean, that was a net negative. I felt like the Cardinals' defense, while not great, was a net positive in terms of how much they spent on the defense. So when looking at all these candidates, what's the one thing that you notice about one that stands out? Sean Payton's the only one that's an offensive-minded coach. I don't think that's on the top of Bidwell's mind this time around. But should it be? Quite frankly. No. The only thing that you kept around, you fired your coach, your GM is gone. The only thing left is Kyler from the big contracts. Don't you need a big offensive mind to deal with Kyler and figure that out? You need a big offensive mind. You don't need your big offensive mind to be your head coach. Okay, so if you go get a Flores, a Ryan, look, it, or a Joseph, look, who's your offensive coordinator? I'll just interrupt you there. Like, If you get Sean Payton, this obviously solves all the problems, yes. right? If you get Sean Payton, this solves all the problems. He's probably your GM, too, if you do that. There was one name that was thrown out yesterday. Uh, Burns and Gamble were talking with Matt Barrows, the athletic beat writer in San Francisco. Anthony Lynn, I believe, is the quarterback's coach in San Francisco. Former head coach of the Chargers. Would D'Amico Ryans bring Anthony Lynn with him if he was hired here in Arizona? Would the Niners allow that? Is he under contract with the Niners? I'm not sure. There's just Would the, the Niners be okay with a division I mean, rival getting both of their coaches? I mean, look, is D'Amico Ryans under contract right now? Or are they just on a year-to-year basis in case they get offered head coaching opportunities? It works the same way. Yeah, but it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to let D'Amico Ryans go to become a head coach in this league. Because that's the right thing for us to do. And you might feel the same with Anthony Lynn, but he's already been a head coach. Sure. So letting both of them go is really just a... It's a kick in the pants if you're the 49ers. Are you really going to let both of those guys go to a division rival? I still think that the 49ers understand exactly how good their construction of the roster and construction of the coaching staff is. Kyle Shanahan's still there. John Lynch is still there. You think about all the players that they've been able to turn into basically superstars this year. Brock Purdy's 6-0, and and he's actually a really solid quarterback this year. They can sacrifice D'Amico Ryans and Anthony Lynn if they have to. And I'm sure for Anthony's sake, he would love to be in a position where he has a little bit more of control. Because essentially, if you hire D'Amico Ryans to be head coach, then you bring in Anthony Lynn to be OC, he becomes the offensive head coach. The other uh, nugget that I think is important, we'll get into here in a little bit when we talk about this again, is Sean Payton doesn't come cheap. You're going to have to trade for Sean Payton because mm-hmm. he's under contract. I think I have the best comparison in NFL history to a trade that would make sense for Sean Payton. Okay, I'll we'll share, talk about that next time. I'll share that with you here in a little bit. But first, uh, I set social media on fire last night. What'd you do? It was a simple question. Is it? Should the Diamondbacks consider, maybe, bringing back Trevor Bauer? Oh boy, we're going to talk about that next, aren't we? On Arizona Sports. Mitch Bereldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, I did a thing. I'm not sure if it was a good or a bad thing. Well, if I recall correctly, you said you set social media on fire? Yeah, I might have done that. My bad, guys. I didn't even know you could physically do that. Here's what I did. So uh, you can check this out. It's the Ain't No Fang podcast at ArizonaSports.com. Do check it out. Uh, It's all things Diamondbacks and baseball related. And I asked a simple question, and I don't know why people are so up in arms about this. 
Trevor Bauer was released by the Los Angeles Dodgers. We don't have to get into what he did or didn't do in the legal process. We don't have to get into that. It's very controversial, though. He got paid a lot of money to go away from from the Dodgers, and he's very cheap. You can get him for $700,000, just about, on a league minimum. The league minimum, basically. So I asked the question, would the Diamondbacks, do you think the Diamondbacks should go and reunite with Trevor Bauer? And uh, I think the, look, <laughs> I got the reaction you probably thought that I got. I think the question is, let's let's separate the two categories right now. I think the question from a baseball standpoint is a hundred percent fair, and every MLB team should be asking it from a baseball standpoint. It's a Cy Young caliber a pitcher Cy Young for pitcher minimum is salary. Worth minimum salary. Come on, at a time in the off season when there's nothing good left in free agency. And, like, he would help a lot of rotations right now yep. in terms of the pitcher that he is. Sure would. He's also got games left to, uh, on his suspension. I don't believe serve. so. I think he's done. I, thought he I think he's been more. reinstated, and that's why the Dodgers were able to release him. Uh, okay. I thought, I, he had some more. I thought he had some more games. But either way, still cheap, still a very good player. Very controversial. Now, the thing about the Diamondbacks, if you want to go down that road... With me for just a second. The Diamondbacks have already employed Trevor Bauer before. Remember, in fact, they drafted him very highly, came up, played a little bit with the Diamondbacks, not much, and he got shipped out of town. Ends up having some success in Cleveland. Uh, He won the Cy Young in Cincinnati. He ends up going to the Dodgers, making a big, big, big contract just before all the controversy happens. Trevor Bauer is not super well-liked. Not just for the legal troubles, but also there was At the all. time he got pulled by Tito Francona and he chucked the ball over the center field wall from the mound. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Not yeah. going to lie to you. Um, it was a jerk thing to do, though. 100%. Uh, he's he's highly controversial. And I'll tell you this, Mitch. I, I While I got a lot of the reaction I thought I would, you know, that was coming in through social media, it's no. Absolutely no. Hell no. No way. Absolutely not. I got a surprising amount of people who responded and said, yeah, worth a shot. For 700 k if you can get him for a million or less? Because here's the thing. Well, so the caveat is what? That he's acquitted? Uh, right? Well, I mean, I don't know what the... The caveat is dependent on the ownership and depending on the front office. And, you know, there's a lot of moral questions that go along well, with course, this signing. Th- this whole thing is a morality. So one team might feel that's a person we could never sign just because of the accusations levied against him. There might be another team that says, well, he's never been guilty of it. He's never been convicted of these crimes. Right. Innocent until proven guilty. I'm just telling you, some people might feel that way. Is Because if the Diamondbacks don't go out and get him, somebody will. But, like, are we going to be upset if somebody... Signs Trevor Bauer and it's not the Diamondbacks? Like, are we going to be upset? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. See, because here, here's my personal opinion. You don't touch that player. If you're the Diamondbacks, I wouldn't do it. Me I'm either. Not, I'm not going to go sign Trevor Bauer. A, because it already feels like that relationship was soured, even though it was a different regime when he was here. I do feel that uh, a reuniting with him is not really going to make much Look, sense. I just don't like bringing in clubhouse cancers. Yeah. That's what he feels like. Yeah. Outside of all of the legal mess. He feels like a clubhouse cancer, and I don't want that on this particular team. I don't either, especially a team as young as they are and trying to— I mean, they've got like four or five minor league guys who could be in the rotation. They're very clearly going for a playoff spot this year. That's how this Diamondbacks team feels. I don't think it makes a lick of sense for the team's chemistry 
I look, I didn't think it made a lick of sense when they traded away Varsho either because I thought he was a big part of that chemistry. But it definitely doesn't make sense for the team's chemistry to sign Trevor Bauer. Let me play devil's advocate for just one second. Sure. Because like I said, if, if the Diamondbacks don't do it, Somebody else will. Maybe it's a team that's not in contention and they just see a cheap alternative to get a Cy Young caliber player. Yep. Maybe it's a contender. Yep. That doesn't really have any morals. What if Steve Cohen and the Mets come along and say, well, we've already got five starting caliber pitchers, but we, it can't hurt to have another one. And they give Trevor Bauer a couple million or one million or the league minimum, depending on a bidding war potentially. What if, what if, the Padres decide that, oh, that's a cheap alternative because of what we saw this week. The Padres go out and they sign Nelson Cruz to a one-year, $1 million deal, which I'm here to tell you is an absolute steal. Oh, I realize he's about 80 years old. That dude still hits. Still hits. I mean, he had a bad year last year. But if you go want, uh, want to go check it out on Twitter, um, find me, and I tweeted out his stats compared to Anthony Rendon, who makes $38.5 million <laughs> next season. Oh They're God. almost identical over the last three oh, seasons. Oh, boy. The Padres are looking for cheap options to load up. They traded for Juan Soto. They've made a bunch of big moves in the last couple months. That's a team that makes a lot of sense for a Trevor Bauer. And his best friend uh, from Trev and Clev. You remember those days? Mike Clevenger's a White Sox now, though. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. Uh, I thought here, he was in, still in San Diego, full disclosure. Here, I'm going to upset you and basically bash your hopes and dreams of the Padres being a threat. I'm reading John Heyman's latest column on this. Okay. Um, he says... The Dodgers partly DFA'd him rather than straight release to try and give themselves a chance to trade him out of their division. They surely didn't want to make sure the Padres didn't sign him, which is the same fear that you're presenting. Yeah. Turns out the Padres won't either, as the San Diego Union-Tribune first reported. Here's what I love. One baseball decision maker opined that it would have to be a, quote, team on another planet, close quote. Okay, that's interesting. So he doesn't even think any of the active 30 teams are going to even take a look at him. All right. Well, that specifically is a reference to the Padres, though, right? That the Padres are disinterested. Yes. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, I didn't know that. I hadn't read the quote. Well, I mean, here's the other thing. I'm willing to bet somebody the, will, though. The, the, somebody he, will take a flyer. Here's on. what I find interesting, and I, and I don't fault the Dodgers for this. I think any team should have done the same thing. They DFA'd him to try and trade him. Yeah. To try and get off that salary. Even though they knew in the back of their minds that was not going to happen. And who was going to give up assets when in reality you know nobody's going to trade for him. Let's just get him. If you wanted him, you could get him for league minimum. It feels weird that it's like the exact opposite of the Deshaun Watson situation. Where there were all these teams that were very much interested in trading him. Then the legal ramifications hit. Right. And they, everybody kind of sits back for a year. And then out of nowhere, the Browns are willing to offer three first-round picks and pay him fully guaranteed salary. Well, the Browns have no morals. What can we say? So, should, so are you saying the Guardians should get him and then the whole city of Cleveland <laughs> no, no, has no, 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 morals? No, 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 no. I'm not saying the city of Cleveland has no morals. Heck, I came from Cleveland. Uh, well, maybe no. Jimmy Haslam can front that bill, too. I, I'm speaking specifically about the Browns. If you want to draw comparisons to Deshaun Watson, too, there's another factor at play here. The fact that Deshaun Watson didn't play football for, what, two years? Year and look and what half. that got you, a bad football quarterback. Trevor Bauer has not pitched in a year and a half, almost two years. That's another factor you have to take into consideration is that this particular athlete has not played. Now, do they still work out? Of course. Do they still work on their craft? Of course. But in-game action, actual at-bats or actual snaps for a football player are very important. 
And I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be a terrible pitcher all of a sudden. I don't expect that. I don't know. We didn't expect that with Madison Bumgarner when he signed here. Now, a lot of experts knew that pitching in three World Series in five years really adds a lot of innings to your career. Clearly, the Diamondbacks weren't anticipating that. We're going to be in year four of this contract, and he's an albatross since year one. The difference is he fell off a cliff performance-wise. He didn't miss a year and a half because of suspension or whatever, legal ramifications. But you're not going to sign this dude beyond a year, are you? Bauer? Yeah. If you're the Diamondbacks? I don't think they would sign him beyond a year. I don't think you would sign him, period. I think they, but if, I think whatever team is out there making this decision, they're not going to sign him for more than a year. Probably not. It's kind of like the Matt Harvey scenario, right? And it's obviously different because Matt Harvey was injuries. It wasn't like he was in trouble or whatever. Um, but he missed a lot of time, and then he comes back, and he's nowhere near what he was. Not I mean, close. There's plenty of examples of that in baseball. Pitchers who had Tommy John who came back and weren't the same or whatever. And, yeah, you're right. You give him one year, and you see how it works out. And if it works, great. Then we sign him up for another contract. Uh, and if it doesn't work, great. Go find another team. I just think somebody's going to take a flyer on Bauer. He's healthy. Uh, take it for what it's worth, but he's not He's not been uh, guilty. He's not been convicted of what he's accused of. Technically the truth. So It's just a very tenuous situation, and if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, and if I'm a part of the Diamondbacks front office, I want nothing to do with it. Period. Man, I set total fire to social media when I asked that. Well, it's still on fire. You should probably go I get got, the extinguisher. I'm telling you, though, I got a surprising number of people who reached out and said, yeah, I'd do that. Look, I'm not surprised. I'm just saying it's not me. Yeah. That's it. I think I'm with you. I wouldn't do it either. Coming up next, uh, we're going to go around the NFL, take a look at some of the playoff games that are happening in Super Wild Card Weekend. It's the Super Wild Card Weekend. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch and Steve go around the NFL on Arizona Sports Saturday. You hear the music, you hear our voices, you know exactly what that means. It's time to go around the NFL. It's a much smaller circle this week, Steve. Why? It's time for Super Wild Card Weekend. And that's, of course, because we're playing playoff games three days this week. Right. So there's two games today, which we'll touch on in a moment. There's three games on Sunday, and then there's one game on Monday. And out of the 14 playoff teams, only two teams have buys. Those, of course, being the Eagles, who are the one seed in the East, or the NFC, excuse me. East. And then the Chiefs, who are the one seed in the AFC. You ready to start this? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Well, you will start with today, all in chronological order. 2.30 local time today, the battle for the NFC West. The Seahawks going to San Francisco taking on the Niners, which I don't I don't know, by the way, if you've seen the weather in San Francisco, it is pouring. Well, it's right been now. pouring for weeks. Right. Northern California has been completely underwater, which submerged. Is definitely new to them. Uh, if I had told you at the beginning of the season when the Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson, that you would be in the playoffs above 500. And you would get a top five. And you would have a top five draft. pick in the draft. It just uh, doesn't sound right. It oh, doesn't compute. You know what else doesn't sound right? Geno Smith is now the Seahawks all-time passing leader in a single season. No way. Is that a real thing? Yep. 
4,282 yards is better than any Russell wow. Wilson season before it. 30 touchdowns this year. That's pretty impressive. Almost 400 completions. Uh, the other thing about this, though, the 49ers are going into the playoffs as the hottest team in the NFL. 10 straight they wins. They haven't lost in weeks. 10 wins. I believe five of them are with Brock Purdy, at least. Six. Is it six now? One he did not start, but he's 6-0. Okay. and oh. I, I just think that they're clearly the team with the best momentum going gonna into the playoffs. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop Not them? Not the Seahawks. Like, let, let's take a moment to tangent real quick. If they beat the Seahawks, their next matchup would either be Minnesota or it would be Tampa yeah. or Dallas or the Giants. Like, who out of those four is beating the Niners? I, I don't I, see it. I think the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Me too. Me too. Personal I think they're opinion. the one team that could beat the Eagles in the East. Or the I keep saying East. I'm in NBA mode. I think they're the one team that could beat the Eagles in the NFC. I don't see who has it. Also, I read this morning about how the 12s, the Seahawks fans, have been donating to Lions charities this in was, droves. This was which awesome. Is awesome. Just, they're like, thank you. Thank you for eliminating the Packers. And did you see some of the thank amounts you. that were given? There was a 12 an amount. There was a... Two zero one six amount because that was the score of the game. Oh yeah, there was a thirty amount because that's Jamal Williams' number. Jamal Williams is maybe the most likable player in the NFL right now. <laughs> he's he's crying. And about, every one of his interviews, about, they ask him about Pokemon. I have no idea what that's about, but apparently he just really loves playing video he's games. He's crying or about his grandpa one minute, and then next thing he's a he's a this is a dog mug. Yeah, don't I let wish these tears the fool you. Uh, I wish the Lions were in the playoffs, man. Mm. Me too. Me too. We're just going to have to settle for the Not Seahawks, the only team I wish was in the playoffs. Uh, later tonight, the AFC, the four versus five. The L.A. Chargers on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one, kind of a coin toss for me. Yeah, and the Jaguars, while it's not a 10-game winning streak like the Niners, five-game winning streak going into the playoffs is really good momentum for Trevor Lawrence and yes. the Jaguars. Yes. Um, here's a question I have for you as a Cardinals fan. Are you disappointed or do you regret that the Cardinals let Christian Kirk go? Think about where this receiver room is at right now for the Cardinals. And think about how Christian Kirk would have helped. Okay. I mean, look, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. There would be no Hollywood Brown. He had 1,000 yards this year. 11.08 to be specific. Like, not every receiver just gets to 1,000 yards a year, yep. you know? He was. I'm not going to say he was sorely missed, but he would have been nice to have on this team. Do you regret it? Yes or no? I'll just say yes. Because he's I played do, well. I think I do a little bit too. He's earned it. You know, good for him for being with a good QB. By the way, this Jacksonville team, they're going to have Calvin Ridley next year. Is that a prediction? No, they traded for him. Oh, I forgot about that. Exactly. They traded for him. He just couldn't play. Once his suspension is up, Trevor Lawrence is going to have Christian Kirk and wow. Zay Jones and now Calvin Ridley. That'll make things interesting. And maybe DeAndre Hopkins? Maybe. No. All right. By the way, the Chargers are coming off of a loss to the Broncos. It, it, they shouldn't have played their best. Mike Williams is out, by the way. Yeah, great. So that shocks me. Chargers have set themselves every other up game. to lose. Here's the problem, though. If you're a Cardinals fan, you're a Chargers fan tonight. Because if the Chargers lose... Increases the likelihood that Brandon Staley gets fired, and then that creates another competitor for Sean Payton. So, Brandon Staley. you're a Chargers fan tonight, Mr. I, Steve. I guess. On Sunday, three games. For the Jaguars. Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills, the seven versus two. And quite frankly, this game is not even going to be close. I'm Enter sorry. Enter Skylar Thompson. And then leave, because <laughs> it's not going to last long. 
Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. I want to give all the credit in the world to the Dolphins. Their quarterback, Tua, has in- endured so many concussions, and they've been really, really good when it matters. Yep. I know it's a 9-8 and eight football team. It's hovering right around 500. They're not very good on the road, 3-6 and six on the season. The Bills are just dominant at home. They're 13-3 and three this season, 7-1 and one in their own stadium. There's no way the Bills lose this game. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Here's where I'm interested. This is where I think the first upset will be on or on uh, bracket-wise, I should say. The New York Giants on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody's least favorite DVOA team, the Minnesota Vikings, and everybody's favorite blue-collar, man, I want to support the heck out of those guys, and I don't know who any of those guys are, New York Giants. Listen, I read that the Vikings were the first ever NFL team with 13 wins or more that had a negative point differential during the season of minus three. So while you've been talking all season long about the Vikings are the biggest frauds in the NFL, I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, they're eight and one at home. They're facing a Giants team that, while they're nine and seven and one, they're, they're four and four on the road. They're not that good on the road. They're the Vikings getting, have every advantage in this game. They're getting three points in this game, and that's right. It's going to be a close game, and the Vikings are going to win because yeah, that's the, what always if the Vikings happens. Vikings are as good as they are. It really shouldn't be that close, in my opinion. I don't think they're that good. Speaking of games that are not going to be close, uh, the Sunday night game, Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the theme being that there's a lot of starting quarterbacks who are not <laughs> playing this weekend. Yeah. I think this is actually a really good game. Uh, I think these are two really good teams, but you're right. The quarterback situation makes it different. So, no Lamar Jackson, right? No and Lamar what Jackson. what is his future? Because he's, he's not going to be a contract. free agent. That's as much as I know. That's a very intriguing quarterback prospect somewhere, right? If he decides to go away. Is Joe Burrow playing in this game? Yes. He ain't losing. Cincinnati's not losing. I believe in Joe Burrow. Cincinnati's the better team. I believe in Joe Burrow. I I honestly think that Joe Burrow himself could carry this team back to the Super Bowl. The Ravens might have to start Anthony Brown, by the way, who's their third stringer who they started last week. No Huntley? He's questionable. Boy, oh boy. It's just a big mess going on with the quarterback situations. Like, Skylar Thompson is not going to carry the Dolphins against the Bills. No. Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown is not going to carry the Ravens against the Bengals. No. Brock Purdy, however, is going to beat Geno Smith, which is kind of hilarious if you think about it too much. Well, the, the Niners team is not even about Brock Purdy, though. While he's performed very, very well, and I like you him a lot. You still need a quarterback a to run the team. offense. That's a stacked team, dude. Look, Christian McCaffrey helps when you're three Debo, and four. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Blah, 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 blah. It's not blah, blah, give, blah. Those are amazing players. Give credit to Brock Purdy, darn it. I mean, he deserves credit. He went to Perry. <laughs> Monday night on ESPN. Cowboys and Bucks, the 4-5. Tom Brady never lost to the Cowboys. And that's basically all you need to say, right? If the Buccaneers don't make a run, like if they lose this game in the first round, I think that they're in shambles next season. You could already argue at 8-9, and nine, I think which both shouldn't of these win teams, you a division, but it did. I think both of these teams, if they lose, they're in shambles. Uh, I don't know about the Cowboys. They were 12-5, and five, man. I mean, if you lose this game, yeah, that's certainly a disappointment, but Cowboys fans should be used to that by now. If you lose this game, would you move on from Mike McCarthy? Probably not. Are you sure? I wouldn't, but I'm and then not try Jerry and trade Jones for Sean either. Payton. 
It's tempting if you're Jerry Jones. So you are you are two types of fans this weekend, Cardinals fans. <laughs> you're going to be Cowboys fan. Chargers fans and Cowboys fans. Well, here's the thing about the Buccaneers, though. While I don't believe Tom Brady will be there next season, I believe he's going to be a Raider next season. Ooh, personal okay. opinion. Uh, however that ends up happening trade or free agency, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think Todd Bowles will be the head coach of the Buccaneers next I season. I agree with that. I think he's going to get fired. Even if they win this game, I think there's still a chance Todd Bowles gets fired. If you ask me a one or both, I'm going to choose one and I'm going to choose Todd Bowles at minimum. And does Todd Bowles become a candidate for the Cardinals? No. Respectfully, no. I Everybody think- in this room is shaking their head right now, and I'm only asking the question because we all remember the relationship he had with ownership at the time. That's fine, but you also had two chances of being a head coach, and you did not succeed at either. One of them was the Jets, though. One of them was with Tom Brady. It's true. I think the argument ends there. That's our look around the NFL in week one of the playoffs. Super wild card weekend, not the super Bassomatic 76. Coming up next, turn our attention to hoops. The Phoenix Suns, now two games under 500. Does that mean they're going to be two games away from missing a playoff spot? Maybe. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday.